Hey guys, it's Gentry Washburn, the host of the podcast, Live Simply, Love Abundantly, where we talk about living simply so that others can simply live, whether in your community or around the world. This is episode one, where we sit down and talk with Heidi Dove, the founder of Village to Village Nonprofit. In this episode, you can learn more about our ministry, where we serve, and how you can even join in the movement to live more simply. Enjoy! My very first guest is a special woman named Heidi Dove, who is the founder of the nonprofit Village to Village. She grew up as a pastor's kid who learned about other countries through the many missionaries who stayed in her home. This sparked a love for diverse people and wanting to learn how she can be a part of changing the world. This woman is special to me because she has been my role model my entire life, and I am also lucky enough to call her my mom. Thanks for joining me today. Let's jump right in. How did the idea of Village to Village begin? Years ago, we took a trip with our student ministries to Guatemala, and we realized that they did ministry different than I was used to when I was growing up. And we saw that they adopted villages and they invested in the same people year after year after year, which allowed you to build relationships and find out what was really needed in their villages. And we fell in love with that idea. What were the steps that you had to take in order to begin your own nonprofit? We, um, first of all, one of my core people in my life, Pastor Carrie Willis, came on one of the trips with us. And when we got home, he said, I really think you need to pray about starting a nonprofit, which terrified me. But I got a few people together that was part of the team, and we talked through it, and they said, It's something that they felt strong about that we should just go ahead and start it. So we put together a board of people that we knew supported the idea and it was a diverse board because we wanna have everybody's ideas that go into things. And we had our first event and we raised about 15,000 that first event and that's how we got started. Did you have any fears or worries when you started? I think my biggest fear financially is is what got me. That's the part that terrifies me. I was starting to step back from a full-time job that I had worked at for almost 20 years and started taking hours with Village to Village, but when you are trying to raise your own salary, it is very scary. But I knew that it was a step that God had asked me to take, and we had some amazing donors those first couple years that got us up and running. And each year, I would add hours to my time and I would deduct hours for my other jobs. So it just uh, started that way and God has blessed the ministry and has allowed me to do it full time now. Tell us about the countries that we serve and the connection to each of them. We really believe that we should never go into an area that we don't have solid connections. 
um, just for liability reasons and financial reasons, we always wanted to make sure that there was purpose. Guatemala just started because of that youth trip that we went on. And you and another friend of yours went uh, one summer and stayed, and we just had really good connections with the people in Guatemala, and we had already adopted some villages there. So that was our first one. And that was in 2013, so that's how far back it started. And uh, two of our board members were born uh, in Russia and Moldova, and as we did ministry and they did ministry with us, they really felt called to start something there. And that's an amazing place. We've been able to do some wonderful things there. Pastor Carrie Willis had a really big heart for India and that we don't go there, but we do have ministry things going on there. Uh, we are in Paraguay and that is because one of our board members, uh, her husband is from Paraguay and she was there in the Peace Corps for a year and that's our contact there. And our last one is Africa. And that is because uh, Adrian and Lauren Mills, who were with us the very first trip to Guatemala, had gone through some adoption processes and had worked with um, some families in Africa and had some really great connections. And Restore Elakia came out of the connections that they had and a friend that they had started that. And that has been our other connection. We also may never travel there, but we do a lot of child sponsorships and microloans for mamas and things like that in Africa. Do you have any country that you want to expand out to or is there anything in the works or like how, what do you think is going to be the future for Village to Village? I think for us, the countries that we're in, we don't want to overextend ourselves. And our whole purpose is to get these villages and communities to self-sufficiency. And that is a very, very long process. It's not something you can do in two or three years. And so for us, getting those countries where they need to be, as well as what we do locally, is what we want to stay focused on. And that doesn't mean another country may come or another village, but we really want to impact these villages the way they need to stay self-sufficient. So what is a memory that has changed your life, whether it was when you were younger and kind of is the reason why you're doing this or a memory from a mission trip? I think I probably have two. We had a lot of missionaries that stayed in our homes and they were some of the kindest people I have ever known. And they had very little, but they were the most generous people. And so they impacted my life forever. But the second, actually it was the first mission trip that we did to Guatemala. Um, we, they have a, res a baby rescue center. And so our whole group had gone up and gone into one of the baby areas. And I, I said, everybody pick up a child and just play with them and spend some time with them. And I kind of waited back until everybody had a child and there was one baby left and I thought, well, that must be mine. And I walked over and I picked her up. And as soon as I picked her up, she was covered in vomit and um, urine. It was all over her, it was all over her crib. And I immediately put her back down and turned around to walk away. And I don't hear God's voice clear all the time, but I heard it very clear that day. And he said, what are you doing here if you cannot pick up and love on that child? And I turned back around and picked her up and 
ever since that day, I've never had a, an issue with being scared or or turning away from a child that um, may have special needs or just has things that people may not want to be around. God has really helped me just look past that and love those kids and families regardless. And did you say that was on the first trip to Guatemala? That was on our first trip, very first trip. What are some projects that we've done in other countries, like the big projects that stand out to you? Because we've done many, many projects, but what are the big ones that you want to highlight? Well, I think I think through learning, our projects now cost less, and we use a lot of people um, that have degrees in things. Originally, when we were in Guatemala, we were able to put in several water wells, and they're just clean water wells, and and that takes care of a whole village. We also were able to build a church in La Colonia, and that was a huge need at that time, and that church and that village is who we were with for the first couple years, and we were able to go back and host trainings and teach them trades and do those kinds of things in that church. So it was great for us and for them. Long term, again, we have learned to use our money um, a little more wisely because fundraising is very hard, and we want to make sure that we do the best with what God has given us. So we still do water filtration systems, but the cost is $50, and it lasts 10 years for a family. Uh, we do stoves for families in Guatemala because that changes their health. They can start businesses. It changes everything for a family, and that's $150. The things that we do in Moldova is host a youth camp, which is not very costly, but we also do trauma care training and after-school training, which does not cost us anything. We have people that are very gracious where we live that do the training for us. They prepare it for us, and we actually go over and do the training with the families. And so they are being able to connect to people there, even if they're not able to travel. Our goal in Paraguay is to start libraries because they have a really hard time getting books there. So every country looks a little bit different, but it is to, it is to the needs that that country has. And La Colonia is a village that we got connected with think on our second trip to Guatemala um and they are like our family even to this day so whenever we go to Guatemala they they are three four hours from us and we try to go see them because we love them and we are so connected to them and they are our family in Guatemala um and then also a lot of people think like $50 or $150 for the stoves are like that's a lot of money for, you know, a family, but it makes such a huge difference because it helps the health of the whole family. They're not having this smoke in their homes. They're not breathing in this, um, you know, smoke in their homes and it's, it's going outside and it's safer, um, cause it's not an open fire. So there's a ton of kids always running around, whether they're the, kids that live in the house or the neighbor's kids are everywhere and it's just safer. Um, so I think that that's a huge misconception that people think, oh, I'm, you know, $150, that's a lot, but it changes people's lives forever. And stoves last forever. Water filters last for 10 years. That's a long time. And that's 50 bucks. So 
I think that's that's amazing and something that we really try to get people to understand that you know it's it's 50 bucks but it changes lives for a long long time um so what's one piece of advice that you could give someone who wants to branch out who's kind of afraid to step out of their comfort zone and begin their own nonprofit I've had conversations with people that I think really have the heart and have a passion. Um, and, and all nonprofits are different. You know, what somebody else in my life may want to start a nonprofit for is not going to be what Village to Village looks like. But that's God made us different. He created us very different. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's really, um, if God has placed that on your heart and you start praying about it and he starts opening doors... And sometimes it's just go do some research and go find out some information about what you think you may want to do. And is there a need for it? Is, is it something that um, you would have a passion for the rest of your life? And the hard part is at some point you will have to step out and you will have to trust God in it. And, and that should be easy because we know we serve a God that created us and has amazing plans for us, but it's easier said than done because when it comes to your salary or your family or, you know, time that you're going to have to put into it, it, it can be, um, daunting. But if, if it's something God has placed on your heart and you begin to pray through it, he is going to make those details work out and you just have to keep moving forward with it. And one of my devotions the other day, um, James 4.17 came up and it really struck me because, you know, me working for the nonprofit, there's times where it's, it's hard. It's really hard what we do and just how much time you put into it. Um, but James 4.17 says, remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And that really struck me because I'm like, okay, God never said it was going to be easy to do any of this, but he has called me specifically to do, you know, this, like my responsibilities. Um, and I know that that's the same with you and just the same with everyone. And I think it's so easy to forget that we're doing it for God. We're, you know, we're not, God called us to be here and we each have a purpose. And if we're not fulfilling that purpose, then why are we here? How can people help Village Village and where can they find us at? Well, first, our website is hopeforvillages.org. Hope, the number four, villages.org. We also have a Village to Village Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, Gentry, praise Jesus, keeps those updated and does a great job at that. But ways you can help. We do a local ministry with Uh, refugees and so that ministry for the people that live near us can always donate items dishes and bedding and towels and clothes it's just things that new refugees when they come in to our area need to have when they move into that first home and those items don't have to be new they they just need to be gently used Uh, that takes funding you know we still have to purchase items and fuel takes takes a lot to get those move-ins done but locally that's how you can help internationally we always have things going on whether it is 
the water filtration systems or sponsoring children. In Africa, we also um, get fish for them, which sounds really odd, but they have hand dug ponds. And if we can help restock those ponds, that is part of what keeps them um, not relying on other people. They can do it themselves. We also do micro loans. So we always have ways that we post and it's always on our website, ways that you can help. We um, love having people that are involved in praying for us on a daily basis. You know, there's a lot of things that come up that are not easy decisions for us. And we always want to be in the center of God's will. And I have an amazing board and amazing supporters. And that's just a huge way that you can help us on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely prayer. We, as a nonprofit, you know, people think, oh, they're just looking for money, looking for money. But praying for our ministry is huge. And I know you pray for the ministry every single night. And I pray for it just because I know that God is working in the ministry and through our board and through our volunteers and sponsors and donors. And uh, we're changing lives and that's that's really why we're here so tell everyone how you serve your local community the first couple years we were not doing local ministry and realized that we really needed to have something um, that we were investing in in our community and the local refugee um, community is what came to mind because we are trying to get them to the place of self-sufficiency just like we do others. So we connected with Church World Services and initially started by just doing Christmas um, toys and coats and things for families that had come in the past year. During COVID, that extended to us actually moving families into their homes when they come. So when a family um, comes in to the Harrisonburg, Rockingham area, we take all the items to a house and we set it up. We wash their dishes and get the kitchen set up and make up their beds and try to find toys and books for the kids. And that is what our welcome home teams do. And we also have, our community is so great in donating things. We have a donation drop off once a month where people drop off the home items that we will need to move into home. So it's been a huge blessing. I think one of the things that stands out to me about that is a refugee family. We had moved into a home and we're not able to see them at this point because of COVID, but occasionally they'll send messages back to our team. And a dad sent a message back and he said, you all have welcomed us so well. We hope that we can do the same and become a part of the community. And that's ultimately what we want. Mm. Live Simply is the motto for Village to Village. So a question that I'm going to ask all of my guests is how they live simply. And you're the perfect first guest to ask because out of all the people I know, you are the one who lives the most simply. And I know that because I've lived with you for 18 years. Um, but just tell everyone how you practice living simply. We started living simply when you all were younger. Um, I love to thrift shop. I love to find bargains like that. So um, originally we just started doing things like that when you were small. Uh, a couple years before we started uh, Village to Village, we had um, 
a setback financially, and we really looked at everything, um, what we were paying for car insurance, what we were paying for life insurance, and I realized that we were paying out way more than we needed to. So it took a lot of research, but we were able to change some things, but still have the same coverage. So that was our initial start to it. Um, you know, today we don't go out to eat a lot. Um, we shop smart with groceries and Christmas gifts. I always go after Christmas and get my gifts for the next year because they're cheaper and it's just a way of life for us. We are just very um, careful with our money and you know we pay attention. We, If we're going to go on vacation or do things we just figure out how to do it cheaply and um, how to save money that way. Well thank you for being my first guest and just telling everyone more about Village to Village and your heart for it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Live Simply, Love Abundantly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my mom, Heidi Dove, and hearing her heart for changing lives in her community and around the world. If you want to learn more or become a partner with Village to Village, head over to hope4villages.org. You can stay up to date with future events, donate, and shop our merchandise. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at village underscore two underscore village and Facebook village to village nonprofit. And of course, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.